Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. For today's episode, I will be analyzing the Gophers' frustrating 27-22 loss um, against Iowa. Um, I'll be talking about what should slash will uh, happen with Tanner Morgan and Mike Sanford Jr. And I'll be talking about where Minnesota goes from here. Um, this was a kind of a season-defining loss, but no easier way to put it, and we'll talk about uh, what the Gophers can do going up to go looking forward. some instant takeaways from the game. Um, Iowa came out on top, 27-22. Um, the Gophers outgained the Hawkeyes, 409-277 to in total yards. Um, they outgained them in time of possession, 40 minutes and 19 seconds to 19 minutes and 41 seconds. And they won the turnover battle 1-0, which was... I was first win this season, I believe, while losing the turnover battle. So given those three things, um, it is wildly frustrating that the Gophers weren't able to come away with a win. Um, and it, it just, it, 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 plain and simple, it was just frustrating. Um, one of the biggest reasons why was um, the continued ineptitude of the passing game. Um, Tanner Morgan... Struggled once again um, on Saturday. He was 14 of 30 for 183 and a touchdown. Oddly enough, that was his third highest passing yard total this season, which tells you how well uh, the the pass attack is playing this year. Um, He just looks uncomfortable. Um, Just the easy throws look hard for him. Just the simple... uh, out routes to the to the sideline. Um, I I honestly think the game plan was a lot better in this game. They weren't forcing it as much in the passing game. It was still a bit predictable offensively. Uh, like you knew when the first the runs were co- coming on first and second down. Um, but overall, I thought Morgan was in in the passing game in general was in better positions to succeed. And this was just an execution problem, to be completely honest. Um, there were a few drops here and there, uh, but a lot of the uh, throws were not on target. Uh, I believe uh, the 
the final stats only marked two drops. But overall, it's just there's not much you can defend Tanner Morgan anymore. Um, he's just struggling. He just looks broken. He looks uncomfortable. Um, I, I don't know why that is. He just doesn't look comfortable throwing the football anymore. Um, but the running game um, did bounce back, and the running backs bounced back. Uh, Irvin and Thomas, Bucky Irvin and Kai Thomas, had 86 total rushing yards against Illinois two weeks ago, but on Saturday they had 206 combined against Iowa. Um, the offensive line as a whole dramatically bounced back. They played terrific against one of the better defensive fronts in the country. The tight ends played great in the run blocking department. They still allowed two sacks, uh, but again, a lot. Sometimes a sack is because of uh, holding on to the ball too long, and uh, Tanner certainly was not getting the ball out of his hands that quickly once again this week. But overall, it was a terrific game from uh, the the boys up front and the running backs. Um, so. Obviously, everyone is going to be talking about Mike Sanford Jr. after this game, as well as Tanner. Um, I mean, plain and simple, this, uh, I believe, should be the nail in the coffin for his uh, fate with this program. Um, I would be truly shocked if he gets demoted or fired in season. I don't think it's going to happen. Um, but I just... I can't imagine you can roll this product out next season with confidence. Uh, hypothetically, if the Gophers were able to win this game and they were they beat Indiana and Wisconsin, and then you're rolling into the uh, Big Ten Championship with nine wins, and uh, let's say you put up a fight against Ohio State, I could see an argument for keeping Mike Sanford at that point. And then you go to a, a decent bowl game, maybe the Rose Bowl, but I, that might be out of, out of question at this that point. But So let's say, hypothetically, if that were to have happened, um, I could have seen an argument for keeping Mike Sanford Jr. on the staff as the play call. But now that uh, the best they can do is 8-4, and four. let's say they beat Indiana Wisconsin, they go into like the Holiday Bowl or something, a good bowl game, decent bowl game, I guess, and they have a good performance there. I, I still don't, at that point, I still don't think that they would bring Mike Sanford back. I I mean, I'm not 100% sure, but uh, I, I just, this could have been the nail. I, most people listening to this obviously will agree with me that they need to make a change. But now I'm just speculating if they will. I just, uh, at some point, you just need to change something. It's just not working. And I hope that PJ Fox is smart enough to realize that. It's just the the first and second down runs. And the, it's just the same old story for, honestly, the Gophers and the Vikings, but certainly the Gophers. The first and second down runs, just the uncreativeness, predictable play calling. It's just the same story every week. It, it's at some point you need to try something different. 
it's just, it's reached a point that it's gone too far. There should be no no excuses. Everyone will say that um that PJ's I guess like ego uh not to fire him mid season cost him the 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 Gophers a good season because if they made a change earlier it could have been different. Um, but I disagree with that. I, I don't think you should fire your uh, play caller midseason. If you start firing people left and right, it's hard to keep the culture that you're building. When your whole program's built on culture, it, uh, you can't just have people looking behind their shoulder and just thro- throwing people out the window. It just Then it becomes a mess when you start doing that. And I just hope he reevaluates after the season. And uh, if they think they need to make a change, they make make a change. It's uh, it obviously it's hard to keep watching this product game after game, but uh, you just hope that they evaluate correctly. Uh, and I PJ's done a good job hiring coaches so far, so I just hope he continues to do it. Um, defensively against Iowa, the front seven continues to dominate. They only allowed 2.8 yards per carry for Iowa on 25 carries for 71 yards, uh, which was just a terrific performance start to finish. Um, They did not get any sacks on Alex Padilla in the passing game. Uh, Didn't get much pressure on him, which ultimately played a big role, but in the the run uh, department, they're still or elite, elite class. Uh, the secondary continues to let up big plays. Um, the QB making his first start was 11 for 24 for 206 and two touchdowns. So it really, that stat line just shows you that they were consistent enough to uh, not allow him to complete over 50% of his passes, but uh, the big plays caught up to him. It, it made a difference in the end. And, uh, you just can't let that happen. Um, it just at the end of the day, Iowa made more plays in this game, and than the Gophers. The uh, two dropped interceptions, and Iowa's big uh, touchdown pass. It just they made bigger plays in bigger situations than the Gophers. It that the big interse- the big touchdown the dr- two dropped interceptions it, the, that's where the momentum changed in the game and like like unfortunately like PJ Fleck led teams have done uh at the end of the first half they could have laid on the gas and uh went for the throat and they didn't uh, I'd hate to admit it but uh it, it was it was a conservative approach once again um, but uh, now on to the offense more specifically, um, and more into the X's and O's. The the pass attack again. Overall, uh, Morgan was fourteen to thirty for one eighty three and a touchdown. He was sacked twice on the day. Uh, there were a few drops, but just easy overthrows were the most frustrating part to see. Uh, he was just missing wide open guys, and at some point you need to act critical on that, and that just can't happen. Um, uh, Chris Ottman Bell did get a lot more looks today compared to last week against Illinois. I believe he only had two uh, targets last week against Illinois. He had twelve on Saturday, 
Um, he reeled in five of them for 109 and a touchdown. Do have to give Morgan credit for on the 67-yard touchdown. It was a beautiful throw. Might have been his best throw all season, to be completely honest. Um, but he looked good, and when you pass him the ball, good things happen. Uh, Mike Brown Stevens was second on the team with six targets. He reeled in four for 52. Uh, he continues to look great, and if this passing game can, can if this can truly become a more balanced offense at the end of this year or into next year, he could be a, a huge contributor on in the pass catching department. He's a very talented receiver, and he's becoming very fun to watch. Um, Daniel Jackson was second on the team with five targets, but he only reeled in one for eight yards. Uh, since he came back from an injury, Tanner's really been looking at him. Uh, obviously, he's a uh, young underclassman, too, so he, he'll have a role with this program going forward. And then uh, Coquille came out big. Uh, he had three targets for two catches and 48 yards. He had that big touchdown uh, from Cole Kramer. Um, Brevin Spanford had four targets, reeled in two for six yards. And then lastly, Bucky Irving was the only running back to get involved in the passing game, and he had one catch for negative three yards. So overall, the the pass catchers played well, I believe, and they were getting open, and just Tanner wasn't hitting them. And that's what makes it even more frustrating. It's just the ceiling of this offense and the ceiling of the team. It, it just... It just drops drastically when you can't hit easy throws in the passing game. Um, but an another huge development, I think, from this game is I, I don't believe Daylon Wright played a single snap. Um, I don't believe he was injured either. Um, it's really odd how little he's been involved since the start of the year. He obviously had the uh, off-field situation where his uh, childhood best friend, I believe, passed away. Um, and it, he's been hard, it's been tough for him to get involved since then. Uh, he had eight catches the first two weeks against uh, Ohio State and Miami of Ohio. Those two games combined. Obviously, Chris Oppen Bell was not. Um, he didn't play in either one of those games. But Dalen Wright's had six catches since, which is just odd. And it just good things happen when he gets the ball, and maybe. Uh, he's the direct backup behind Chris Ottman Bell. Like some teams, uh, kind of run more. Like there's an X receiver, there's a Y receiver, and there's a slot receiver. And maybe Ottman Bell's the X, Daniel Jackson's the Y, and Mike Brown Stevens is the slot. And it's not more like a one-two-three. It's like those three positions. And that's just my hypothesis for what could be the case. Because really, since, um. Ottman Bell's been back in the lineup. Dalen Wright hasn't played much. Uh, when he's played is when Ottman Bell's been banged up again. So uh, if I had to guess, I think that's the case. That's really what the, what makes the most sense. But it just, you got to get your players like that involved because he was just, he, the passing game looked the best it had all year when he gets involved. So uh, that's odd, but uh, obviously it's, it's frustrating to watch this team pass the football. Um, but the offensive line, strength of this offense, bounced back. Only two sacks allowed this week compared to six last week against Illinois. Um, 50 carries for 189 uh, as a team uh, rushing the ball. Um, 
3.8 yards per carry on the day. And it was against one of the best front sevens in the country. Uh, so and there's nothing to complain in that department. They showed up. They played well. They played to win the football game. Um, the running backs showed up as as well. Uh, Kai Thomas, one of his better games of his career. 29 carries for 126. He looked great running the ball all day. He was running rock solid, running hard football. Uh, Bucky Irving had 17 carries for 80 yards. Um, like I said earlier, last last week against Illinois, they had 86 combined. Iowa, they had 206 combined. So it, it, nothing to complain about there. They showed up. Um, and lastly, last thing I want to touch on on the offense is Cole Kramer. Um, he was one for one, had that beautiful touchdown pass to Co'Keefe, uh, 37 yards, uh, and he moves to three, three or three for 62 yards and two touchdowns on the season. Um, he's still perfect, but uh, that's just a funny. That'll be something funny to watch during the year, uh, end of the year, obviously. But his one rushing attempt was his fewest uh, all season, technically. The first two games he didn't play, and then. Uh, Against Bowling Green, he had like four carries, and he's hasn't really had less than that since. So his uh, one carry was his fewest that he's had in any game he's played in this year. Um, and it, it would be interesting what this team would look like with him as a full-time starter. Uh, he obviously has shown he has the ability to throw the football. I would assume that Zach Anikstad is still the true backup. Um, but... At whatever point this team decides to make a switch to Tanner, if it's at the end of this year, if it's at start of next year, uh, I think Kramer and Anixon will have an interesting QB battle because uh, Kramer's a talented quarterback. Uh, Zach Anixon obviously is too, um, but I think the offense could look a lot different with either one of those guys behind center. And it honestly kind of has me excited for the future. They're both very talented players and uh I I hope that both of them get involved uh, more going forward. Um, so moving to the defensive side of the ball, uh, the dominance up front continues. Uh, Trill Carter had two tackles for loss. Uh, still, he's only a redshirt sophomore. Um, he's going to be one of the more fun players to watch develop in this program. Serious NFL potential. He really only continues to get better. Um he honestly might be one of the better players on the defensive line, and he's only a redshirt sophomore, so uh, super fun to watch him all year. Uh, Micah Dutreadway added another tackle for loss. He's been a great contributor all year. Uh, Thomas Rush, MJ Anderson, Boye Mafe, Asezi Otomiwo, uh, Niles Pinckney, they all showed up once again. Uh, they had great days. They weren't able to get much pressure on Padilla, but again, in the in the running department, the 2.8 yards per carry, that's, I mean, that's all you can ask for. They dominate in the rushing, rushing department. Um, the linebackers' consistency has been a word all year that I've used for them. Uh, eight total tackles for Jack Gibbons, five for Sori Marin. Uh, Gibbons had team high. Uh, he just brings that energy all year, both of them, to be honest. Um you can just feel they're the leaders of the defense and uh, they kind of set the tone and they've been consistent all year really since week two or three they just turned it on and haven't looked back uh sorry Marin did have that one uh dropped interception early in the game um 
sometimes you just don't get the bounces in, in the sport of football. And today was – or Saturday was one of those games for the Gophers. And uh, it's just – at some point you got to make those plays. And such a tight game between two very comparable teams. It's whoever makes the plays and whoever is going to win the football game. Um, and the Gophers didn't against Iowa. Um, but as for the secondary, it continues to be inconsistent. Uh, Justin Wally um, continues to show flashes of how special of a player he's going to be in a, in a Gophers uniform. He had a massive forced fumble, uh, really changed the momentum of the game. Um, he's a playmaker. He's made plays all year, but he got fooled on the uh, double move, 72-yard passing touchdown, um, and the Iowa receiver burned him. Um, at the, that could have been the difference in the game. I hate to say it, but uh, sometimes you don't make plays, and he, that that one cost him. Uh, he did get targeted a bunch, though. Uh, Any time that Iowa went to the passing game, they really... You could tell their game plan was to go after Wally. So at the end of the day, I thought he played well, given uh, how active he was in the passing game, I guess. They were really going after him all day. Um, but it's tough to ask a 18, 19-year-old to do that in the biggest game of the year in Kinnick Stadium. Um, but he obviously uh, still has inconsistencies. Um, letting up that big plays at the end of the day, it's going to catch up to you, and it caught up to him today. So, but I in the long term, he's good. I think he'll be a great player. Um, it's just hard to ask a true freshman in those big situations. Um, but Tyler Newbin and Jordan Hound played well in the back end. Uh, they limited those big running plays. Anytime that it looked like Iowa was going to rip one off, they were able to come down and make the tackle. Um, and you never know what the uh, coverages on the big passing plays, but as a whole, uh, Minnesota led up too many of them, so I don't know if it was their fault or just a, a coverage break in general, but um, I th they played a solid game from the back end. Um, Coney Durb, broken tackle uh, on one of the other touchdowns, led up a big play, so it's just it's just those small plays is what ended up costing the Gophers. If those small plays go the other way, this is a complete, completely different football game. Um, but at the end of the day, Alex Padilla got too comfortable in his first career start for Iowa. Uh, he was making throws all day. And even though he was 11 for 24, he just got too comfortable. Uh, they needed to to force him into worse situations um, and make plays, and they just didn't. The drop turnovers, the uh, dropped pick by Sori Marin, and I'm blanking on who the second drop pick was, but those could have completely switched the game. But what are you going to do? It is what it is. Um, so what is next for this team? Um, they still can run the table, go 8-4 and four, uh, with a win over Wisconsin. And it's still a good season. It's certainly a tough pill to swallow given the opportunity that this team had. But um, you got to look at the bigger picture and step back and uh, tell yourself, ask yourself if that was a good season. How would you have reacted at the start of the year if I said this team could go eight and four, beat Wisconsin? Um, to be honest, I would have been a little disappointed. I, I think the ceiling for this team was higher, um, but. 
that, that kind of tells you how far this program has uh, come. Uh, you never want to make injuries, but this the team's been through a lot all season. Both, both the one and two running backs went down. Um, Chris Alvin Bell battled injuries all year. Uh, Tanner Morgan had a lot of stuff going on off the field. I'd never want to make excuses for him either, but he did get engaged. His father passed away. It's just a lot of stuff to handle for the whole team, really. When, But they, they can still put together a solid season. Um, I, at the end of the day, I think this program is still trending in the right direction. Um, I think the biggest storyline the rest of the year is going to be Tanner Morgan. Uh, I would be utterly shocked if he does get benched in one of the last two regular season games. Uh, I think, like I've said, that kind of goes back to the culture. Um, I think that would have a huge impact on the culture and uh, what would happen from this team if he does get benched, how the team would react. And I just don't think it's going to happen. So I, at this point of the year, I just don't think you really need to talk about it anymore because it's just not going to happen. Um, it's just the ceiling will be continued will continue to be limited with him at quarterback. Uh, it's just the offense can't take that next explosive step. Within in the running game, they they are uh, have been strong all year. They can get explosive runs, but if if you hit the play action and uh, hit some deep crossing routes over the middle, this offense can take a whole another step forward. Um, but they haven't, and it's hard to think that they will magically turn it around in the last two games of the year. But uh, looking ahead, and honestly, into next year, and uh, who will replace Tanner Morgan, I think is a very interesting question. Because this, like I said earlier, this offense could look completely different with Zach Anikstead or Cole Kramer at quarterback. And, and someone else might be calling plays. So, But it... I believe it'll be one of those two next year. Um, Athen Kaliak Manis, the uh, true freshman. I think he does have a future in this program. Very talented quarterback. But um, I don't believe that he'll be able to compete for the starting job next year. And you never know. that could look to the transfer portal for a quarterback. But I think it, at the end of the day, it'll come down to Annex Kramer in 2022. Um, and how Kramer played in his uh, small sample size. I think he deserves uh, every shot to be the full-time starter. Uh, but uh, the other uh, main st- storyline heading into the rest of the year and into next year will be Mike Sanford Jr. Kind of the same thing with Morgan. If they've held on to him for this long, I would be shocked if he gets fired or demoted in season. Um, but then it, it raises the question, and heading into next year, do you promote from within? Is Matt Simon the full offensive coordinator? He is listed as co-offensive coordinator. Um, PJ likes to keep things quiet, so who knows? Maybe he's been calling plays recently, but I still believe it's mostly Mike Sanford. Um, do you look to the outside? Do you hire someone new? Um, PJ will have some questions at the end of the year to answer. Uh, and see if this team can take the next step. Uh, a new offense could do wonders for this team. When the defense is playing, that's what makes it so frustrating. When the defense is playing this well and at such a high level, if the offense is even just a little bit above average, this team could uh, 
be one of the best in their conference. And that's what makes it so so frustrating. There's so many player, playmakers on the team that just aren't making plays. And it's it just it's just tough to watch at this point of the year. And when you know the potential of this team and when they're just not executing, it's just annoying. It's, put it simple, it's just annoying. Um, at the end of the day, it was an incredibly frustrating uh, loss against Iowa. Um, but sometimes I think you got to step back and uh, look at the bigger picture. And this program's still heading in the right direction. Um, they've had some bumps in the road last year and this year. But being able to uh, go into Kinnick Stadium against a top 20 Iowa team and have a shot and be leading at halftime, um, it's frustrating that the execution didn't happen. Uh, but you got to step back and realize that the the boat is still rolling and it's rolling in the right direction. Uh, there might be a few storms along the way, but they're going in the right direction. Um, I think that's all I got for today's episode. And as always, I appreciate you listening. Row the boat, sky you ma, and go Gophers. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.